0: It is not the Gallo Show. It is not the Home Talk USA show with Michael King, the Cajun contractor. It is Sports Sunday on Super Talk Mississippi. I promise you, it is us. Welcome in. Good to be with you. I'm Michael Borky. He's Steven Gagliano, and he's had one heck of a week. (laughs) We started off Monday. So, Steven, by the way, if you guys only listen to this show or the after... Well, if you listen to anything on this network, you hear his voice. Uh, he is. I'm sorry to everyone. Uh, he's the head honcho of Super Talk News, and this week has been a newsworthy week. It started with a gas shortage that should have never been, at least in our state. People panic buying all over. It was funny. We started talking about this, uh, Stephen, on the the weekday show on Monday or Tuesday, and uh, I brought it up. I was like, "Man, I, you know, on the way in, I saw people waiting in line at a gas station, and and there was another one nearby that." had like a tarp covering over the uh, the prices because they didn't have any gas to give. And Richard was like, I have not seen that at all. And then we got a bunch of texts like, I'm in this city and we have no gas right now. I'm in this city, we have no gas right now. And they've got more problems on the East Coast. Like South Carolina especially is dealing with it. North Carolina, like 70% of the gas stations in Charlotte the other day didn't have gas. So like they're actually dealing with it. All we had to do was not do anything, and we'd have been fine, but that, that didn't really happen, did it? No, it did not.
1: Everyone freaked out, as you would expect, just like everyone did with the toilet paper stuff in 2020. We clearly learned nothing, and I'm sure we'll <laughs> learn nothing from this experience either, and the next time there's the slightest whiff of, oh no, there may be a little less of this the next time, everyone's going to freak out again and buy all those, yeah. which apparently happened with couches, We went to buy a couch yesterday for our new apartment, and we went to a couple places, and they first said, well, the earliest we can get you something is between 6 and 12 weeks. Finally, we found one where we went in, they said, by the way, everything you see on the floor, we have in stock. So, that was good. 6 and 12 weeks to get a couch. Yep. So, yeah, everybody's
0: panic buying gas and couches. Panic buying couches. (laughs) There's nothing more eye-opening than uh, looking for furniture. You want to talk about expensive? It's like, wait a minute, hold on, you're telling me a couch is is what? Yeah,
1: that's... Um, you spend a lot of time on it, though, so that's one of those things that's worth it, I guess. That's yeah. how they get you. It's like, well, you're going to spend you know 90% of your time at home sitting on this thing, so you might as well get a good one.
0: Yeah, for sure. And so we had that to start the week... And then, Stephen, at the end of the week, had to cover a medical marijuana bill getting struck down. What a week you've had.
1: Yes. And every every day since they heard the oral arguments at the Supreme Court for that case, as the day moves on, I just keep my fingers crossed. Please don't do it late in the afternoon. Please don't do it late in the afternoon. And Damn. they decided to do it late on a Friday afternoon, which was fantastic. A Friday news dump. For sure. Maybe they thought no one would notice that it was the biggest thing to happen in the last year or two. Oh, people noticed. (laughs) People did notice. Um, Anytime I have to break into y'all's show to talk news and interrupt
0: sports, that's how you know it's a big deal. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I made the mistake wearing blue. By the way, it looks like I'm in front of a green screen. Like my head, if if this shirt did not have the logo on it, it looked like my head and arms were just kind of floating somewhere. Didn't really think uh, didn't really think that through. We're not going to talk about uh, Mississippi Supreme Court or medical marijuana or anything like that today. We've got a lot of sports to get to, uh, but I will say that it should go without saying. But you know how some people are anymore. Um, The views and opinions expressed by people that are not me are not necessarily the views or opinions that I share. Let's talk sports. Uh, Significant weekend, or at least what you thought was not going to be a significant weekend, became one in Starkville. What the heck happened this weekend? Did not see that coming. It's one of those things where, like, after the game ended yesterday, when Missouri beat Mississippi State, I was I was by myself, but I kind of looked around like, wait, what? <laughs> what? Missouri took a series and, I mean, honestly, had a chance to sweep Mississippi State on the weekend. Um, a couple of things here. We'll dive deeper into the series here in a little bit. But on the surface, are you an optimist? Or are you a pessimist? Or are you somewhere in between? On the surface – I think this is undeniable. Mississippi State is a better baseball team than Missouri. Absolutely they are. I mean, yes, I know that they just played each other in Missouri, beat Mississippi State, but um, this is going to sound silly. Head-to-head is not the only way to measure two teams, and Missouri's not better than Mississippi State. They're not. Um, But there's a reason Mississippi State lost this weekend. If you're an optimist, you do the well. That's just baseball, and that's kind of where I lean. Is you know that happens in baseball sometimes. You probably sleepwalking a little bit. Felt like that on Thursday. I mean, I even said it on the the Friday live stream. It felt like Mississippi State was not engaged. They were not locked in on Thursday, and you can't really point to anything that tells you that after a win in the way they won. But it felt like they weren't engaged. They weren't locked in they were either overlooking or whatever, Missouri, and it felt like it. So that could be all it is. You know, that's baseball. You play like crap. It's a bad opponent. It happens. Move on to Tuscaloosa next weekend, and you'll be fine. But there were things that happened that led to the losses that were not just this weekend, which I would be concerned about for a Mississippi State fan, or if I were a Mississippi State fan. I'd be concerned About specifically how they play in the field, defensively. It's been an issue really for that team all season long. And when you are not great everywhere else, it kills you. And when a regional comes, and if you get through the regional, which I think they will, and they get to a super regional, when you're playing an opponent that is just as good as you, and you are making mental mistake or booting routine ground balls, stuff like that. When you're making those kind of mistakes that State made this weekend and has routinely made all season, you're not beating these teams that are as good as you. It's not happening. So you can be an optimist and say, you know, that's baseball. You lose some sometimes. And that's kind of where I I fall in. But you can also look at what happened this weekend. They didn't pitch it particularly well. Starting pitching in Game 3 is a, a serious Like, hands up, I have no idea. I mean, what the heck. No idea um, what Chris Lamontis should do, honestly. I, I don't know. A lot of people are calling for Sarantola. I mean, he pitched yesterday, but it was too late. But what led to this series loss is kind of something that's been there. And if they don't figure it out in the next two weeks before the regional comes, they may not get out of it. They've got to play cleaner defense because they are a team that can win a championship. They have the pitching. They have the bullpen for sure. The bats are coming around. But if they don't play cleaner defense, they're not winning anything. So they've got to pick it up
1: quick. And some stats to back up what your eyes are already telling you. Mississippi State is second in the SEC with 50 errors. Only behind Florida with 57. So yeah, this is a a real issue. This is not something that... Popped up this weekend against yeah. Missouri. This has been a constant issue throughout the season, and you kind of just kept waiting for it to go away at some point, and it hasn't. And you know when you're when you're coming back to beat Missouri on Thursday night, you know that's great. You're not necessarily going to be able to do that in every game in a regional or a super regional. To your point, right?
0: So just the team needs to shake it off. They just shake it off, like Taylor Swift. Isn't that that a song of Taylor Swift's, Shake It Off? that was a big one. Nailed it. (laughs) Big T-Swift guy over here. Um, We'll get more into that as we move along. Dave and Ripley says that they were uh, fed rat poison. That's got to be it. (laughs) And um, JP says... It's a case of that. That's baseball for Mississippi State this weekend. I'm still optimistic about their hopes for a national championship. I am too. I mean, I think that they can still do, they can beat anybody. They can, absolutely. But they got to play cleaner defense. You can't play like that and beat anybody uh, of value. Um, probably a, a case of the overlooks as well. Missouri roll. I mean, Missouri's bad, man. They're, they're still I still think they're bad they're bad very bad yeah
1: one weekend doesn't make an entire season for nah. Missouri I'm sure it does for Missouri for the players and say hey we beat Mississippi State but yeah they're still a bad baseball team that
0: shortstop uh he played at Colin I think uh, he was a player He's really good uh, but no that that's a, a team that Mississippi state has no business to losing at home but sometimes you just do that in baseball it's a a funky sport like that. They need to get sharper, though. Or else something similar is going to happen here in three weeks. No time to hit the panic button yet. But the regional hopes, they're at least hosting a super regional, I should say. Their national seed hopes. What's next there? We'll discuss that. As we move along this morning, 6018794395 is the text line. We'll be right back. A look at the RPI because now with this series loss to Missouri. I mean, we going into the weekend, we thought Mississippi State was a lock for a national seed, and at the time they were, and we also took the liberty of assuming that they were going to take care of business this weekend. Um They did not, and they have since dropped. So not too terribly far, but they have gone from number 2 entering in the weekend. They were second in the RPI. Now they're eighth. Now they're on the fringe of being a national seed. And this coming weekend, this three-game set with Alabama now is pretty critical. They're going to host. Of course they are. But if they want to be a national seed, they've got to go win this series. They have to. Because if they lose another series to a lesser opponent like this, That's it. They are going to play themselves out of a national seat if they don't take care of business this coming weekend. The RPI, as it sits right now, Arkansas still at number 1. Fairfield will not be hosting anything. With a strength of schedule of 130, Fairfield is second in the RPI. Maybe need to rework that uh, algorithm a little bit.
1: I was going to say, how do they end up at 2 if they're... Strength of schedule is
0: that bad. It's a weird year. They're 32 and 1. That's why. They're 16 and 1 in quad 4 wins. So, really building up. <laughs> they have not played a single wins. quadrant 1 opponent. Not a single one. Arkansas has played 26 of them. But that's why they're not hosting. I mean, it's. It's an anomaly that has been born out of a lot of wins and no non-conference games and stuff like that. Texas is 3, Vanderbilt 4, Arizona 5, TCU 6. Tennessee, had a dramatic walk-off win yesterday over Arkansas is at 7. State now down to 8. Texas Tech right behind them at 9. So if you're Mississippi State, you're watching closely Texas Tech, East Carolina, maybe Notre Dame uh, to come up and steal your national seed. South Carolina's at 11. They got an important series win this weekend. They're battling back to potentially be a host. That RPI's really carrying them because I don't think they belong as a regional host, but their RPI is what their RPI is. Notre Dame at 12, Ole Miss 13. I think it's really simple for Ole Miss at this point. Even if you lose today, go get two next weekend and you're hosting. I think... Even just winning one game against Vanderbilt, if they were to go 3-6 and six over the last two weekends, that 17 SEC wins, every metric, every single metric would be that of a regional host for Ole Miss. I know it's looked ugly and they have series losses and stuff, but that's not really how they're going to look at it. Um, they don't look at it that way. That's not part of the thing that they consider. They don't look at well, they won this series and lost this series and won this series. No, it's just it's wins, it's record, it's those metrics, and so uh, they will get in uh, that way. But they got to win a series next weekend. And that was that was a question I had, and I guess you I guess you just kind of
1: answered it. Is how much does the eye test factor in here? Is it like the college football playoff in any way where they factor that in, or is it really just metrics?
0: That's a good question. I, I don't know. Based on past history, it seems like it's more metric-driven. Because I, mean, I think if it was eye test, I think
1: Ole Miss would have a case against it. Because it seems like every yeah. time you look, they lose. So it's it's interesting that they do still end up in this, you know, in this situation to host because they have just kind of piled up wins quietly, but they haven't went,
0: like won series along the way. And it's. It's simply because when they have won series, they've swept those series. And when they've lost the series, they have not been swept. That's your difference. I mean, it's really right. that simple. And That's, when you look at them against
1: better teams, they didn't beat Arkansas. I mean, they won one game in these series, but they didn't win a series against Arkansas, Mississippi State,
0: Vanderbilt, or any of the top teams in the SEC, which yeah. is interesting. Kyle says, Don't forget Arkansas can still lose today. They can, um, but that would be to Tennessee who's seventh in the RP. I mean, Arkansas losing today doesn't really do a whole lot one way or the other, I don't think. But they certainly can. I mean, that was it is so good to see somebody else deliver electric atmospheres in college baseball. Because it's been such a niche sport for so long where you had great I mean, unique atmospheres in Starkville and Oxford and Arkansas had a great place. And, you know, Alex Box is not very nice, but they put a lot of people in there. And then, you know, it kind of falls off from there. Uh, I mean, there's a handful of places, like smaller schools or or non-Power 5 schools, if you will, like Southern Miss that has good baseball atmospheres. But by and large, electricity on a baseball weekend, only exists in a handful of places. Tennessee delivered that yesterday. It's been a long time since they had people paying attention. and It it feels like media people and stuff are starting to pay attention. People that cover baseball on the major league level, on the national level, or just sports people in general with big platforms are starting to notice, like, hey, college baseball is kind of fun. And Tennessee fans decided, "Hey, you know our team's pretty good. We're gonna have some fun." And they were into it yesterday, so that was good to see. That was really good to see. More college baseball stadiums
1: need fans in the outfield. That walk-off home run for Tennessee yesterday, yeah, as it goes it over the fence, there. it's weird that it, yeah, it's just into nothingness out there.
0: But yeah. I did have I had a Tennessee fan tell me that uh, what they do in left field is the best thing in college baseball. It's like, hey, ho- hold on now. You guys are very new at this, and one line of people who get to park their cars right behind the outfield fence, that's not anything. Like, hold on. Maybe watch games elsewhere. I love that about people. Like, they go to their team's games and they think, like, oh, it does not get better than this. Oh, oh it can. Like, congrats, guys, but easy now. Easy now, but anyway, so that's what I mean. That's what Mississippi State has to deal with, though. I mean, that this has dropped their RPI seven spots. No, six spots. Eight minus two is six. Uh, it's dropped their RPI six spots, and now they're teetering on the edge of being a national seed. This weekend is important now. Never thought that it would be like this. Truly, uh, but that's what happens when you play bad baseball and. I mean, they even said it after the game yesterday. We just played bad. We just had a bad weekend, an off weekend. You can't have two in a row or else you're going to be on the road at a Super somewhere. It's really kind of what it comes down to. To Mississippi State's
1: credit, down 8 nothing yesterday. I still thought they were going to win. They it, cut it to 8-4, to four, yeah. and then at that point you figure, okay, they're back on track. But, you know, Missouri was able to just they Keep got it to scoring. a two run
0: game, too, That's right.
1: right? There for, what was it? I think it was 12-10. It was either 10-8 or
0: 12-10. I should remember that. There's just so much scoring, but yeah, the, once they cut it to four, so Missouri hit that grand slam to go up 8 to nothing and then state immediately cut it down to four, I thought all right, they're winning. Like they they're, they're going to win. But Missouri somehow just kept pounding back. I, I mean, it doesn't make any sense at all, but baseball sometimes. Just does not make any sense at all. So very, very important games in Tuscaloosa upcoming this weekend for the Bulldogs. For sure. On the other side, Ole Miss uh, split a pair with Vanderbilt. They looked dramatically different, and Ole Miss's Achilles heel was kind of exposed yesterday. So it's a team that I think can hit with anybody yesterday, notwithstanding because Jack Leiter was on, and when he's on, Uh, Apparently, you can't touch him. Even a great offense like Ole Miss cannot touch a guy as good as him when he's on the way he was yesterday. But Doug Nikhazy was excellent. Ole Miss wins. The problem is, he's their only reliable starter left without Gunnar Hoagland. And I don't know... And we'll get to this more. We're up against a hard break here in a second. So we'll get to this more after the break. But yesterday kind of exposed the issue with this team and why I don't think they're going to win a regional or or go any further, really, um, because of what you saw yesterday. After Doug Nikhazy, now that Hoagland's out. Diamond's got good stuff at times. The potential, the ceiling is as high as any pitcher you've ever seen. But he's not there yet. And... When you're rolling a guy like him out there in a winner's bracket in Game 2 of a regional, it's not there yet. That's Ole Miss's problem. It's not winning one game because Doug Nikhazy can do it. It's after him. After Nikhazy and Broadway, what do you have on the mound? And doesn't look like a whole lot. So still an opportunity today. They got the ever-important one win this weekend, and they can go to Athens seeking two, and if they get two next weekend, they're hosting, regardless of the outcome today. But the exposure of the issue was apparent yesterday. We'll get into that more as well as we move along this morning. year one eight 4395 is the text line. Glad you guys are with me this morning. Um... Not Michael King, Michael Borke, and Steven Gagliano with you. It's Sports Sunday. We'll be right back. So, Mississippi State lost a series to Missouri. Old Miss has game three coming up at two o'clock this afternoon. I think that's a, a TV thing. I think it's on ESPNU or something. Uh, so, you're only having to suffer through Richard Cross for one day out of three, which is a nice break for you. Congratulations. Um, but I do think it's on TV this afternoon, like the real TV, not the. Not the streaming part of it, which is why you're getting a little bit of a later start on Sunday. Like we were saying before, uh, Ole Miss is a team, just like Mississippi State, although I think State is currently in, well, they were in better form entering the weekend anyway, obviously. Um, Ole Miss is a team that I think can beat basically anybody, especially when you got Doug Nikhazy on the mound. If you have Doug Nikhazy on the mound, you can beat anybody in the country. Um, He's not getting any love for pitcher of the year, and then the the awards that were given out in the state, he's not even up there. He might be the best player in the state, and the state fans are going to roll their eyes. Whatever, um, what he has done on a weekly basis in the SEC, nobody's doing it better. It, it would either my my picks for that trophy would be him or Landon Sims. And then one of the two pitchers for Southern Miss. I think it would be all pitchers. And it would be Doug Nikhazy, Landon Sims, and give me either one of the the first two guys for Southern Miss. Because I know Southern Miss fans were upset, and they should have been upset that they didn't get a nomination. I'm not saying that they deserve or don't deserve to win the award. And then Jackson State, I mean, they just went undefeated in their conference. They don't get a nomination? Come on. Um, But Ole Miss's nominees, they got it wrong. It should be one guy. Their best player on that team is Doug Nikhazy. I mean, by a long shot. He is on there. I thought it was Hoagland. Nikhazy and Hoagland? Both of them are on there. And Southern Miss doesn't get one? Nope. It's... Tanner
1: okay. Tanner Allen, Landon Sims, Kevin Graham, Gunnar Hoagland, and Doug Nikhazy. See, you can
0: you can eliminate those. Nikhazy, the only one for Ole Miss. Although Kevin Graham's got like an on-base streak that's like 47 or something like that. It's crazy, but no. It's Nikhazy, it's Sims, and one of the two Southern Miss guys. Everybody else you can cut and just move on. I feel dumb now, but that's okay. That's alright. Your point
1: still stands that it should be those guys on there. Only. You can, yeah, you can eliminate
0: everyone else. And put one of the guys from anybody, pick Jazz, Jackson State's best hitter and put him on there because they deserve the recognition for the season that they just had. But like I saw a graphic the other day that had um, like the, the finalists, but not really determined, but just these are the guys that should win SEC Pitcher of the Year, and Nikhazy wasn't on there. You had Marceau from LSU on there. Uh, you had Kumar Rocker. But look at, it's cherry-picking some, but look at the conference-only metrics. Nikhazy, greater than Rocker. Rocker's going to be a top-ten pick. I, I get it. I, I understand how electric he is. I, I understand. Nikhazy's stuff is not as good as Rocker's stuff. But who's been better? Who just out the other? Two nights ago. What Doug Nacasey's doing. And it's always in tight situations. Like Friday, I mean, he's pitching Friday night. Friday night against what some people think is the best pitcher in the country. And his team lost another series. And here's the number one team in the country coming in on a Friday night. And I'm opposite best pitcher in college baseball. And what did he do? Saturday in Starkville. 13,000 people that hate you with every fiber of their being, and you lost game one, you needed that one desperately, and he shoved a complete game one hitter in front of 13,000 people. Probably more than that, but that's what they listed as attendance. It was more than that. Had to have been. That's what that kid does. So Ole Miss can beat anybody they play, especially with him on the mound. They can swing it with anybody in the country, but yesterday underscored the problem with that team. As after Nikhazy and after Taylor Broadway, what do they have? They have guys with some talent that are incredibly inconsistent at best. Vanderbilt just teed off. Just absolutely teed off on Derek Diamond yesterday. Like batting practice. And Ole Miss is rolling out and unproven, albeit talented, but unproven and At times, inconsistent arm today. And then once McDaniel gets chased, whenever that may be, who does Ole Miss turn to next? I mean, who's next? Is it Austin Miller? I mean, you can probably get another inning or two from Broadway today, but after that, what do they have? And that's the issue. That's why this team isn't going to get anywhere. And in fairness, what, what makes... Talking about this team, whenever they they end their season, whether it be in a regional or a super regional or something, whenever this team gets eliminated from postseason competition, whatever day that is, you have to include the fact that they lost their best player. I know Tim Elko is still technically on the team, but he can hit maybe once a game, and he can't run. Because his ACL is literally still torn. And their top 10 pick, Friday Night Ace. You have to factor that in. You have to. However, are you confident that they were going to win anything with those two guys? And the answer is no. So this offseason is going to be weird with how you feel about it. Because if Ole Miss gets eliminated in a regional, fans are going to be mad. But you have to think, how many teams in the country... How many are winning regionals without their Friday night ace and their best player and team captain? How many? Probably very few. But People weren't confident they were going to do that anyway. It's going to be a weird situation whenever it goes. And look, now that I've said that, they're going to go to Omaha and win a championship because I don't believe in the team, and that's just how it works for me. If I have a strong opinion about a team, they literally do the opposite of what I think they're going to do, such as life. But we've got such an interesting offseason upcoming depending on how this plays out because right now Ole Miss does not have a team that is capable of winning a regional because after Nikhazy, and after Taylor Broadway, they got nothing but inconsistency. And even before the injury,
1: and, and I think this speaks to your point, I think a lot of people would say, well, after Hoagland and Nikhazy, Ole Miss has nothing in their bullpen except Broadway. Now you just eliminate one of those two. Now it's, well, they have nothing after Nikhazy. So you really you have the same issues now that you did before, except it's more amplified by the yep. injury. And now you just have to, if you're an Ole Miss fan or if you're the team, you have to wonder how can we piece this thing
0: together in a win-or-go-home situation when you get to the regional. JP says, Borky, all discussed this for a couple hours. Didn't you figure out that MLB scouts generate the list off of pro potential? Uh, You can understand how something works and still think it's stupid. That's something I'm trying to get through to Richard about. like he mansplains stuff to me when i'm like i understand how it works it doesn't make it right just because well that's how it's always been doesn't make it okay or or good or or smart or anything just makes it how it's always been like thanksgiving egg Bowls. well it's how it's always been yeah well they're still dumb i'm i'm just kidding i i have learned that no, that makes don't people, apologize i have learned that that makes
1: people angry Some it, people. it shouldn't It's a bad idea. It's a bad idea. We can feed into each other's uh, idea that that's
0: bad. MP bringing the jokes this morning says, I heard a rumor that Diamond is going to pitch the Home Run Derby in Omaha this year. Oh, (laughs) come on, man. (laughs) That's what it felt like yesterday, though, gosh. And and the the, the kid's got great stuff. I mean, the, the ceiling is there. It's just he hadn't put it together yet, and he's Ole Miss's best option. In Game Two of any series, with that being the case, man, I just I don't see them winning anything of value. We get another text that says I agree with the increased exposure of college baseball nationally. One of the reasons that MLB has become so predictable with the home run or a strikeout, where college baseball has much more action with balls in play, stolen bases, plays at the plate, and so on. Yeah, Major League Baseball. I mean, the analytics say you either strike out or hit a home run. There's really no use for singles anymore. You'll get them sometimes, but there's really not, not much use for them, at least analytically. What, what I can't figure out, and maybe it's just a talent thing, and some people, I put this out on Twitter, and a couple people replied with like Brent Rooker, Mangum did it sometimes, stuff like that, but I rarely, when I watch a college baseball game, if there's a runner on second and a single, see the outfielder looking to throw the guy out at home. Vanderbilt hit a single yesterday to McCants. It it wasn't even in his mind to come up throwing to try to get the guy out at home. He let the ball come to him and just kind of fielded it and, and lazily threw it in. And maybe he just can't do it. And at that point, you just don't even try because you don't want to give up second base. But I rarely in college baseball see guys in the outfield looking to throw a dude out at home on a single when he starts on second. I don't see it. It frustrates me because... Not every guy on second base is a burner. Like, go throw him out. Aside from that, absolutely. Absolutely. A couple more of your texts. And this Egg Bowl thing. Sports Sunday. Chris in Oxford with a touche on me said, Well, to prove your point, you could say it's dumb to have Thanksgiving on Thursday. (laughs) Hey. True. Uh, I mean, I, I can't counter that at all. Touche. He said, Abraham Lincoln said it for the last Thursday of every November of 1983. Doesn't mean it's right, but we've been doing it ever since, yeah.
1: It should be on a Friday. Really, all holidays should be on a Friday. Because when you try to figure out well, days for and stuff... for Christmas, because, you know, the whole biblical aspect yeah. of it. You know, it's not about Santa Claus. <laughs> the it's... Bible can bend to a, bend a Friday. <laughs> I'd rather have my Friday off. Hold on, let, let's go reread the Old Testament. <laughs> see <if we> can. <laughs> it is Sunday, after all. Oh, man. I Put, like that, though, actually. Putting them all on Fridays? Putting them all on Friday. Yeah, because when Christmas falls on, like, a Tuesday, I don't want... Well, that's a bad example. I'll say Wednesday, because I don't want Tuesday and Wednesday off. That kind of messes up my entire week. You, you probably have the same issue, because you have family in South Carolina. So you have to travel. Yeah, yeah. trying to travel back and forth
0: to have middle of the week off doesn't work. Doesn't work at all. In fact, I've sacrificed some holidays just because the logistics of it don't make any sense. Jeff says Walker Powell and Hunter Stanley. Yeah, those are the two guys I'm talking about. Either one. But not having them, that's an issue. John says It's not about getting days off. Man, I know. Yes, it is. Though <laughs> it is about getting days off. I mean, aside from Christmas again, because there there is the religious component to that as well as Easter. So I, I'm certainly but understanding. That one, you've always got Good Friday, and you've then always got Easter's good Friday. And Easter's always on Sunday. <laughs> uh, but yeah, all the other holidays are. I mean. Fourth of July is a significant day, but you should always get the Friday of Fourth of July off, even if it's on a Tuesday. Yeah, we should I hear celebrate. That. I, our, I
1: respect that. Celebrate our independence by getting the independence from work on that Friday. Uh, John says, talk, "Talking about Christmas." Yeah, no, it's not about
0: getting days off for Christmas. Stephen's <laughs> being just, sarcastic. He's just—he's uh, over here. Is especially on Sunday. I mean, come on, man. I mean, some of the stations these people are listening to are going to get switched over to a church service here in a second, and the lead-in is, well, I mean, we can check the Old Testament and see if I'll change the days. Uh, No wonder we can't get any more stations.
1: (laughs) Yeah, as... I think it happens in the 9 o'clock hour, so as we sign off from some of those stations, I will say, I'm sorry. I was and was being and then, sarcastic, we'll... and I know why Christmas isn't always on Friday. Uh man.
0: JP says, you guys just murdered Black Friday. Oh, yeah, I mean, that's why Thanksgiving will never never move, because uh, the, uh, the corporations will never let us have Thanksgiving on a Friday.
1: Do you do Black Friday shopping? No. Gosh, no. I did it once at, like, a mall back home, and I bought a lava lamp for $6 and something else useless that I, you know, never probably took out of the box. I think I bought, like, a DVD or something for, like, 99 cents. It was fun, but a huge waste of time. Yeah, I mean, the... Unless you're going to, like, knock someone out for a $50 TV and you know what you're looking
0: for, it's not worth it. No. Especially now that you've got all the stuff online... And it's more so the waking up at 4 a.m. standing outside of a Dillard's or whatever or a Best Buy. That I can't do. There are very few things that I will actually wait in line for in the technology age where you can probably get it for the same price online. So you've got to make the retail experience not Having to push and shove random strangers on your way in the door before the sun comes up, you know what I mean It's just not for me I don't me I don't like waiting in line for anything anymore in and, and an ideal world like even I, w- I don't even wait in beer lines at football games like if I go into the um concourse and there's a big line for a beer, I just go back to my seat. It's just not worth missing what I'm there for to to grab a beer you know It's why you sneak some in your shoe or something. Oh man, we've got time, I can tell this story So uh, in college um, One of my roommates Ended up becoming a good friend Uh, His name was Robert And he was much older than us So we lived in a five bedroom house That was getting passed down uh, within my fraternity And Robert Was a holdover from the other four guys That lived there with him So they all graduated and moved on He was 23 And was still technically a sophomore When we moved in (laughs) Uh, uh, anyway, so he was a good guy, but he was older than us And uh, we get, we're get we going to a football game And we're at the student section gate And he has nothing on him like He didn't sneak anything into the game He's just having fun Gets through the gate, and he's first among us in line And he turns around and goes Guys, I'm in! I'm in! I got in! They didn't find it! I'm in! I'm in! And he turns around and, boom, a cop tackles him <laughs> And they give him the full, like, TSA, you had a knife in your luggage, pat down, and he had nothing on him, and they kicked him out anyway. Oh, no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Lesson learned then. Yeah, that
0: was uh, that was a good time. That was a good time. All right, we'll get back to, to being serious here after the break. Steven wants Christmas to be moved for days off. More on that in the next hour. Hour number two on the Sunday school truancy hour, as JP calls it. Welcome into Sports Sunday on Super Talk Mississippi. In case you guys missed it, Stephen wants uh, Christmas to be moved so he can have more days off. Wouldn't if be you're the just worst thing in the world. <laughs> <laughs> I had a friend text me and said, uh, uh, let me read it correctly. He said, awful holiday takes, back off my four-day weekend.
1: Wait. Wait. I'm trying to give people a four-day weekend, aren't I? Well, he's talking about Thanksgiving. Oh, okay. depend. you get the Thursday yeah. and the Friday. If it's just on Friday, you may not get the Thursday, you know? That's true. Speaking as somebody who has to be up here at 11 o'clock that next Friday to talk high school football,
0: I would like that Friday off. Yeah, but I-, I, would like, oh well. I would like to not have football to deal with on Thanksgiving Thursday as well, but uh, I don't get my wish here. Uh, there, there are some personal reasons why I don't like Egg Bowl Thursday, but I did notice that, um, one not everybody disagrees with me. Like, like there people are angry on both sides of this deal, but based on like my conversations with Brian Haydad or the interactions really with most state fans that I had when I just put out there on Twitter, even Nick Fitzgerald said false, very eloquent and well thought out response that he had to me. Uh, all I said was, Thanksgiving egg bowls are bad. That's all I said, because I think they're bad. And I got some anger, man. Some vitriol. I even had somebody say, well, it's... Here, I will actually just read it to you. Because this is this is kind of a mindset that, that cracks me up, because it's not really rooted um, in reality. He said... People who are new to the rivalry only see this as a bad thing. Thanksgiving Egg Bowls have been around a long while. And my response was, well, so have taxes. I mean, are, are we really, how long am I going to have to deal with that kind of stuff? Well, you're not from here, you don't get it. I've lived here for 11 years, man. I get it. It just doesn't make it right. It's, I, I say the same, or I get the same responses from people, including colleagues of mine, Co-workers. When I say that people put too much time and emphasis and mental energy on the egg bowl and, oh, you just don't get it. No, I get it. I get it. I just don't agree with it. There's a difference. I think there, there are some people here, and some of them get credentials, who's in uh, their their entire my everything is geared towards the Egg Bowl to the point where they don't have friends because of affiliation to schools. That's insanity. Oh, you don't get it. I get it. It's just wrong. And it's just dead wrong. This part of it
1: may come back this year. And, and I think we saw a little glimpse of it last year because there wasn't this kind of hostility surrounding the game from the players, at least. There always will be around the fan bases because I think the fans at some point take it more seriously than the players from a rivalry standpoint. But you always you always see the well, you want it to be a standalone college football game because you'll have more eyes on it. When Joe Moorhead and Matt Luke were the two head coaches at these schools, did you want more eyes on that football game? <laughs> I wouldn't. Well if, you if do I was now yeah. Right. Now you might, but during those days I would imagine the schools didn't want anyone watching that game. But, you know, that part of it returns now. But it it's not what it
0: used to be playing on Thanksgiving. No, because the NFL decided, wait, why are we giving that day to college? Well, I, th- there are people that think, well, the ratings are much better when it's on Thanksgiving versus a Saturday. Guys, that's not true. They are slightly better. But we're talking a couple hundred thousand people difference. That is more, but in terms of television viewership and football, it's not not really. It's not all that
1: significant more. enough. The, to the justify exposure it.
0: argument has been rendered invalid because the NFL decided to ruin that day for you. And I got another text from a friend who's got he, he this guy's rooted here, a very good friend of mine, good person, Mississippi people. He said he'll never go to a Thanksgiving egg ball. Because people prioritize family over football in some cases. And I understand some people love it. And I'm not knocking you. If you love it, that's awesome, man. I I would love to have Thanksgiving dinner outside of a football stadium. Like, that's a Michael Borky dream. Like, how cool would that be? We're having Thanksgiving dinner. There's a stadium back here, and when we're done, we're going to go watch football. I mean, that would be great for me. It's just not not in my wheelhouse. There's You're going to a... do that outside the the Superdome this year, right? Oh, I'd love to. <laughs> Um, but it's just it's not possible so there is an emotional tie that I have to it uh, to my opinion on this where I don't like it because I want to spend that day with my family not around a football game especially one that's as important as this one That that's just me but if you like it I'm not going to tell you you're wrong it, to each their own absolutely but the national exposure argument the NFL has kind of rendered that obsolete. No matter what, I mean, I have heard the counters. We talked about it on the weekday show on Friday. It it was, well, I mean, the, there are diehard college football fans that will watch that game that wouldn't on Saturday. Maybe, maybe. But the ratings numbers that I could find are basically the same. The national exposure idea, the concept has kind of been rendered obsolete. Because... Even though, I mean, some people don't like the NFL. I'm aware of that. Some people don't. Some people would prefer to watch the college game. The NFL is watched and consumed. The The rating for the Saints-Bills game will be 20 times greater. No sarcasm. 20 times greater than that of the Egg Bowl. And so I don't think it's worth it anymore but that's ju- that's just me um Tim and Korn says are the Saints primetime this Halloween another costume record perchance yeah Tim the Saints are on well I think they're they're not prime time right it's it's like three o'clock or is it primetime on Thanksgiving it's definitely not a noon game so you're right about that but I don't remember if it's at night or if it's like the 340 window Sorry, I'm,
1: I'm looking at the primetime games. I don't see one on Halloween for the Saints. Well, Halloween's just a regular
0: Sunday. Oh, okay, got it. Then it's not a primetime game. Then it's got to be 340, then. It's definitely not noon. I know that for sure. I can't believe I don't have this memorized by now. It's crazy. Uh, yeah, the Sunday night game... On Halloween, yeah, three twenty-five. It's so yeah. It's it's the midday. It's the midday window with the Tom Brady and the Bucks coming to town on Halloween. Yeah, you're right though, Tim. The costume that's going to be legendary. That city on Halloween. We get a text here uh, from Ryan. It says the exposure argument's invalid because uh, you have friends all over the country who do not watch that game. Didn't even know. Who the two teams are playing? I had one friend tell me once. I'm watching a game right now with these two teams who are terrible. Hopefully that won't be the case this time around. But yeah, the the Matt Luke Joe Moorhead games were uh, people watched because it was stupid and not because it was quality. You know what I mean? I mean, what's yeah, national man. exposure when it, when it's embarrassing exposure? And and those games were embarrassing exposure. Fights and dog pee celebrations and really bad football. That didn't help at all. I'm also very anti all press is good press. I don't buy that at all. If the press, if the attention you're getting, and that's such a problem in sports media now. Like, I'm opinionated. I sometimes have out there thoughts and opinions, but you have guys in the business now that just manufacture contrarian opinions just for the sake of it, and then they get roasted for it, and then they'll cheerlead. Oh, look at the engagement I got. There's a station in the town I grew up where that's all they care about is just getting engagement on Twitter. Even if everybody is telling you you're a moron, well hey, I had this tweet was seen by 300,000 people. Yeah, and every single one of them thought you were dumb. Is that really going to help you long term? No. So I don't buy into that at all. All press is not good press. I didn't expect the
1: pushback that I got on this Sunday morning to be Thanksgiving egg bowls and Christmas moving the day. But here we sit.
0: Oh, this is an interesting one. Ms. Bob and Poto said good morning, guys. I wish the uh, Mississippi State Old Miss football game was the first conference game of every year. Hmm. Like well, I was about to use a really terrible example, but I was
1: gonna because it wasn't even correct, but I was gonna say like a rivalry game when North Carolina plays South Carolina at like the at uh, the Panther Stadium to open yeah. the season.
0: You could do that. People would hate that. See, I think this is the right answer for a lot of people. I think this is the right answer. He said, hey man, I just want an easy excuse to not visit family. I think a lot of people that were upset with me for saying that Thanksgiving Egg Bowls are bad really just need a reason to not visit their family on Thanksgiving. I think people are telling on themselves. Because they'd rather watch football than hang out with their family. I get it. I know some of you guys have in-laws you don't like. I hear you. To each their own. David Ripley says, Yeah, but where could you take a nap after you've eaten all that turkey? Hey, I wouldn't be the first guy that fell asleep at a tailgate. Maybe for different reasons, but it's been done. Oh, man. six zero one eight seven nine forty three ninety five year is the text line. We'll be right back. Keith and JS says, Fell asleep equals passed out. Yeah, I've, I've seen that before. That happens sometimes. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know how it is. People get just a little bit too excited. I, I remember one day before a football game when I was in college, and uh, we were in, or at one of my buddy's tailgates, and it's like 9 in the morning. Like 8.45, 9 in the morning. Like, I've got a beer in my hand, but I'm not really drinking it. Like, everybody's just kind of sitting around. The crowds haven't come in yet or anything like that. It's very low-key. Like, there's almost like this fog in the air, kind of chilly, you know? Everybody's just sitting, hanging out. And this sweet old lady, I mean, just like hobbles over to us with a a container of what are gummy bears, right? Just And one of our friends uh, reaches his hand and grabs a handful and just throws them in his mouth because he thought that they were just gummy bears. They had been soaking in Everclear for seven years. Days and he shoved a handful, and this lady just hobbles away, just laughing at him. Oh man, so it, you know it, it can
1: happen to the best of us, I guess. What time was kickoff that day? It was like six o'clock. Oh no, <laughs> I'm assuming he didn't make it to the game. You got to start with mimosas for those kind of kickoffs if you get out there that early, something like that.
0: Bloody Mary's mimosas, somewhere in that realm. Mm-hmm. JP says it should be a Sunday night game like Pittsburgh was in 2010, talking about the Saints uh, on Halloween. He said they were dressed in prison jumpsuits with Vic and Roethlisberger on the back. <laughs> Didn't somebody uh, get kicked out of the draft for holding a Big Ben for Prison sign behind the set of ESPN? They Something did. like that, right?
1: Yep. You had to know that was going to happen when the draft's in Cleveland. Yeah,
0: I mean, he kind of earned that one, though. Jeff is asking. I know some people don't care for Clay Travis, but did you listen to his interview with the L.A. police officer who sent an open letter to LeBron? No, I, I, I have not heard that. I did see the open letter, though. Um, do I feel like getting into that today, Stephen?
1: <laughs> that is a personal choice. Your name's on the show. Yeah. Quick. So, just a quick thought here. Um,
0: I don't. Let me let me start over. I think we as a society care too much about what famous people think about nuanced topics that they are not adequately prepared to talk about. Sports media encourages athletes. Uh, you have entertainment media, encouraging celebrities, and so on. So many people are encouraged to give opinions on things that they don't know anything about. And that includes me. I mean, if you ask me my nuanced political take on Joe Biden's recent policy on whatever the heck, I don't, I mean, I wouldn't be able to give you an intelligent answer. If you guys want me to sit here and break down the Uh, the situation in Israel right now, it would probably lack a lot of context and information because that's not something that I have any real knowledge about. It would be foolish. But luckily, you guys are able to distinguish the difference between me talking sports and me talking about the conflict in Israel. Although the images of the Iron Dome are pretty awesome. Sorry for giving an opinion on that. But it's crazy that they have that technology. Anyway. I don't know how it, it gets fixed, but just because somebody played a great role in a movie does not mean we should listen to them about anything at all. We put too much stock into the opinions and thoughts of people who are famous for something that is other than the important issue they're discussing. That is a blanket statement that includes... People of all abilities, skill levels, jobs, races, sexes, and so on and so on. We care too much about what people think when they really have no knowledge of what they are discussing. Is that fair? I think that's fair. Yeah, that's a good, like
1: you said, a blanket statement for all.
0: Because it applies to everyone,
1: myself included.
0: So, anyway, back to the fun stuff. Because... LeBron and open letters and all, uh, although we're going to get the playoffs here soon, right? The final games are today, right? Isn't this the last day of the NBA regular season? You've got like eight games going on at once, all of which have some kind of postseason implication on them. I think so. Yes.
1: Today's final day? I know that it's getting there. I knew that there wasn't enough NBA interest in the state for me to break down every single playoff scenario last night but I do know that it's getting close. And there is a potential for that play-in tournament to have the Lakers in it, the Warriors, the Mavericks, so you could have some actual interest in that 7 versus 8, 8
0: versus 9 tournament. Yeah. Oh, I'm in. I'm I'm locked in. I know some people won't be. Uh Dave says we can just not watch their movies and games uh pure and simple. Yeah, I you and I differ. I don't care about somebody's political views. If I enjoy the product they produce, whether it be music, movies, sports, whatever, I'll still consume it. Um It's just different now though. I mean they're they're pushed to to have a side. They're encouraged to do it. In fact, they're told if they don't pick a side, they're actually picking a side and it's the worst one. It's kind of insane. But like I know the state of Mississippi, a lot of people around here probably love Bruce Springsteen, right? That guy's political, you know? I mean, I think he's overrated, personally, not because of his views. I think Bruce Springsteen has a couple of songs that are just awesome, but this music legend, I don't think the catalog supports that.
1: I mean, that's just me. I know one person listening this morning who probably just got upset with you. That, I mean, again, I like I like his some of his music.
0: I, I like it, but like people people should look at Bob Seger the way they look at Bruce Springsteen. Seger's catalog is deeper and better than Springsteen's. To me, I mean, that, that's just me. And the voice is better. And I I, I don't know. Maybe that's controversial. Um, Give me Seager over Springsteen all day long. But, anyway, this isn't fun. Let's turn the page. All right. uh, Really cool ending to the Mississippi State women's golf story, by the way. We talked about it on Friday some, so forgive the repetition in case uh, you were listening to the show at that given time. But you guys probably have heard, you know the story by now, uh, where the Baton Rouge Regional for the NCAA Women's Golf Championships was canceled, basically, without hitting a shot uh, because of cowardice by the NCAA. Uh, They claimed that while the course was wet, it was. That's undeniable. They had a bunch of rain, but they had two days without it and did not hit a shot in those two days. The uh, guy that was speaking on behalf of the NCAA said the course was playable, but not at a championship level. That is complete nonsense. It is a made-up phrase. It's a made-up line of thinking. The PGA Tour, the PGA Tour, you know, the multi-million dollar golf tour is playing on a wet course today with preferred lies and bad weather. They've had it all week long. They've had to do this all week. But that's what you do. There's a little thing called a rule book that tells you what to do on a wet golf course with even standing water in spots. Tell you what to do. The tour is doing it today. The not playable at a championship level thing is garbage. And Mississippi State got, for lack of a better term, forgive me, on a Sunday. They got screwed over by it. Ole Miss got to move on. They picked the top six seeded teams out of the 17 that were there and moved them on to the next round, again, without hitting a shot. There were multiple girls there, seniors, that had this coward in their career standing in a parking lot without letting them hit a shot. That's the thing, and the argument was made to to me during the week on the weekday show that, well, they probably weren't going to win anyway, so who cares? That's a joke. Um, You should always go out on your own terms. As an athlete, you should always, your last game should be you either winning or losing and nothing in between, and that was it. And there was videos of these these girls breaking down crying because their career was just ended. They had a chance to play for a championship that was taken away from them, and that's it. By some guy who walked down some steps, didn't even you know yep.
1: take any questions, have a conversation with them first. He said, oh, guys, it's not playable at a championship level. Turned around and walked
0: back walked, into the clubhouse. Yep. And it, it was a joke. It went viral. I'm sure all of you have seen it by now. The story has a happy ending. It's not the same, but Barstool Sports... Um, you know, the terrible people over at Barstool. Just awful, awful people. Decided to take matters into their own hands. They got a venue in Arizona. And they invited every team that got uh, eliminated because of NCAA cowardice to Arizona. They're getting the, the travels paid for, the the lodgings paid for, and they're going to have a championship. It's not the same. But it's really cool. And Mississippi State's going to play in it. That's next week. So... Uh, those girls get a chance to to end their season, in some cases in their career, on a high note by competing, which is the, the thing that they wanted to do all along. So good on Barstool for making it happen. Good on Mississippi State for playing in this. At least there's a happy ending to that story. We'll be right back. Steven had a lot prepared for us today, and we just wasted a bunch of time and didn't get to any of it. We will next week, though. A lot of evergreen stuff in here, so... Uh, his effort was not for nothing. This I, is a
1: really cool story though. Go ahead. I was just gonna say I'm glad that I uh that I didn't mess up the show notes this week. It feels like forever since I've actually been on this show. So I'm glad I was bad at it before it was and then. Two taking, weeks, right? Yeah. I was bad before and then taking some time off. You know, I wondered how that
0: was gonna play this morning. If you got your COVID vaccine, you could take your car around the Talladega super speedway. Now The only caveat is they wouldn't let you go above 80 because they didn't didn't want a bunch of minivans out there doing 120 and not being able to come out of the bank correctly and flipping and people dying. So they capped your speed. They wouldn't let you go over that. However, if you got your vaccine and were able to prove to them that you got your vaccine, you could go around Dega. You could also get your shot at the speedway.
1: I think it was being used as like a mass vaccination site, so you could you know get it right in the
0: arm and then go straight out onto the track. So I've actually, if you can believe it, um, I've actually kind of been on team. They should incentivize getting them with some kind of compensation. Like if if people want it, then then encourage them somehow. You know, whether it be, for example it was reported that the saints were not going to let anybody in unless they could prove they were vaccinated the team has uh, refuted that they th- that report was straight up wrong however if you really want to be about it say hey we'll give you 50 bucks off your season tickets go get it
1: that's the right way to do it I, you can't you can't tell people you can't come if you're not vaccinated But if you want to tell me, I got a free donut after I got mine. I was was pumped up about that. So if you can offer people little things like that, then I think you're more likely to get people. Heck, they have a lottery in Ohio. They're offering people you could win a million dollars if you get vaccinated. That
0: might be a misappropriation of of, of funds. But uh, Chris says, so if you break the speed limit on the track, what's the worst they're going to do? Kick you off? I think they could probably fine you. There's got to be some kind of punishment, because you can actually see the pictures, too, and there's a lot of cars on the track at once.
1: They've got you behind a little, like, like a pace car, too. Yeah. So, like, you know, here's what I would do. I would kind of slack a little bit and let some space build up between me and the car in front of me. Then you can probably get up to about 85 or 90, and then you can slow down before anybody catches you.
0: Yeah. Somebody says I'd get black flagged. (laughs) Hey, I I mean, I I am not going to go into the you should get it, you shouldn't get it thing. That's just not my role here. I'm not going to do that. Uh, But little things like this I I think are fine. USA Today ran a column that said the SEC should not allow – and it was so – I hate USA Today so much. I mean, no wonder Gannett's stock is falling – it said that SEC teams should not let fans into their stadium unless they can prove that they are vaccinated because this region of the country um, our per capita vaccine numbers are are lagging behind some other states. But look at our case numbers, you moron. I mean, yes, it would be great if everybody got it. It, it would. It'd be great. But banning people from a stadium, if they if they're not vaccinated against a Virus that has a case number count in this state that is incredibly low in shrinking is really stupid. There's a way you can get people to get it without doing that. Giving them a chance to drive a Talladega. Knocking some money off their season tickets. Just, hell, just running PSAs. I mean, if you, if Alabama was having a, a problem getting vaccinated, hey, we'll have the meet Nick Saban day if you get it. If you get it, you can come meet Nick Saban like we used two years ago. People will get it. Just run PSAs. Hey, this Coach Saban from Alabama. And, all right, you hear me? you go get vaccinated now, all right, because we want to, Fill up Bryant Denny this year, all right? And people go get it. That's all you have to do. But using the "you can't go to games unless you have it" thing—that's just not. That's going to turn more people away than you think. Maybe
1: I'm off base. I don't know. I don't think so. I I I think that's. I think that is the mindset, and I don't think you should encourage instead of threat. Right. And that that's a that's a big issue that we have, you know, across a lot of things in society. It's I'm not going to have a reasonable conversation with you. I'm going to get angry and tell you why you're wrong. That never leads to a productive debate. So, you can't have it that way. You can't tell people what to do and what not to do. You can you can suggest it and offer hey, this is what we're willing to do for you if you do this, and then people have their choice to either do it or not
0: do it. Yeah. It's almost as if common sense should be the... uh, should be what leads the way, but it doesn't. (laughs) When is the get your vaccine to get a free trash bag of gasoline promo? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, seriously, guys... are we going to be this stupid about the gasoline thing? You don't fill up gasoline in a trash bag. You fill up gasoline in two trash bags in case the first one breaks, okay? Obviously. I mean, come on. The best was somebody was trying to
1: do it in one of those laundry hampers with holes in the side of it. That.
0: And then <laughs> th- there were people that had, like, Tupperware. They had, she had, like, a dozen little Tupperware containers. She was putting gas in. And my next question should have been, so what are you going to do with it? When you get it home, what are you going to do with it? Because if you keep that in your garage, that well, it's going to eat through the Tupperware. But in case it didn't, how are you going to get that in your car? You waterfall it like you're taking a sip of someone else's
1: bottle of water. You hold it, you know, slightly above and just pour.
0: <laughs> yeah, and this is this is exactly right. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to read the entire message, but basically it's that... The forced versus encouraged thing has has turned somebody off. It just, I'm with you. But that's common sense, I think. Encourage instead of force. Positive instead of negative. It's like, we're, we're going through that or learning that with our child right now, that positive reinforcement, not Yelling at him if he's doing something he shouldn't be doing, but you know, being calm and not matching his excitement level or whatever gets the best results. It's almost as if if we treated people like that, we would get better results. Imagine that there's something to be said there. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> you know, maybe we shouldn't treat adults like babies, but it works, it works, man. It when he's all hyped up. If I were to get hyped up, he'd get even more hyped up. We would just keep going and going and higher and higher and higher instead. There's your parenting advice for the day, Stephen, for whenever you and your soon-to-be wife have children. Always be calm. You get better results. Always. Always.
1: I'll I'll keep that one in the mental bank. I'm, uh, I'm pretty good at staying calm in most situations, I think. So that'll be good. Yeah, hopefully I've got some time before that.
0: But. We have completely gone off the rails, and, and I feel so bad about that. It's just that question about LeBron James. You know, we just started going down this this rabbit hole that I did not intend on going down. But we're a show of the people. Where the text go, we go, for sure. And, and <laughs> the thing is, here is a little inside baseball for you guys. And so I'm bouncing all around, all over the place. Um, I'm still a work in progress, obviously, but. I heard somebody on a a media podcast recently, a couple months ago, say that what a sports show should be is not you reading box scores for three hours or having just these super hot sports takes for three hours, whatever it may be. He said you should have the, the exact conversations that you would have with a friend if you met him for a beer tonight. That should be your show. And that really stuck with me, and I don't know if you guys have noticed, it's kind of changed a little bit here. We're not afraid to go off-topic some. Now, we're not coming into this show. I didn't come into the show intending on talking about messaging and vaccines, but that's where the conversation took us. Because that's what would happen if I shared a beer with a friend tonight. We talk about sports, and we started the show with Ole Miss and Mississippi State and their baseball, and then it turns into other things. Like, hey, did you see that you could drive Dega if you got a vaccine? yeah. That's pretty cool. Heck, man, you'd probably get more people to do it if you did more things like that. I mean, that's the conversation that I would have with a friend. And that's what I think this show and every sports show should be. That one stuck with me. So that's kind of my approach moving forward is not being afraid to go off topic some. I want to have the conversations that you guys are having. Because I promise you, if you sat down and had a beer with a friend for the next three hours... You're not just talking about sports. So, anyway, that's where that came from. So, sorry for uh, really going off the rails today. Like I said, Stephen had a bunch of good stuff playing. We'll get into that next week. But appreciate you guys hanging on through that. That's just where that comes from. So, we do have one more segment with you next. We'll bring it back on the rails and drive this thing home when we come back. One more time with you at Sports Sunday on Super Talk. Michael Borky and Steven Gagliano, we get a text here that said, you guys could make talking about paint drying entertaining. Well, we had somebody painting the office this week. You want to talk about paint drying? And I don't know what they used. They did a nice job. I mean, I'm not, I'm not knocking the crew. Office and the paint looks, looks great, and they were professional, and they were friendly, and they got out of your way if you needed to get somewhere. Like, it was all good. But they used something. I don't know what it was, because it wasn't paint. Steven thinks that it was to get like a certain wall of like kind of wallpaper type stuff to get that off so they could paint like some kind of agent to remove this basically wallpaper. Whatever it was, it smelled so bad that when I went to bed Thursday night, I could still smell it like it was stuck inside of my nose somehow. Like I could still smell whatever they were using as I laid down to go to sleep. Yeah, it was was horrible. It was like a
1: strong, paint-thinner smell that no matter how many doors you closed, no matter how far away you got from it, that smell stuck with you. That was rough.
0: And, like, I'd walk by and they'd smile at me because they were nice people. And I'd be like, what are you smiling about, man? Like, why do you not... In in the era of COVID, like, you could wear a mask and people wouldn't even question you. Like, (laughs) how do you not have something over your face using that? It was
1: Awful. So, I would have yeah, had like your... a full gas mask on if I was working yeah. that closely to it. And like like oh. I said, I was down the hall and I could still smell it. If I was the one applying
0: it to the wall, I don't know how they were doing that and not passing out. So there's your paint dry story of the day. JP says, stuff happens. I like what Gag said, and it's true. You guys bring it to the people. You interact with us via the text lines. And most importantly, I could crack a beer and sip it. Heck yeah. That's what I'm talking about. I think you guys should drive the conversation. I mean, if my... Whole thing with shows, and with all due respect to you guys, I appreciate you. My, my end goal is not doing a show on Sunday. I want something greater than this. I hope that's not a slight. You guys understand.
1: I don't take it personally.
0: Drive time <laughs> on weekdays is the goal. <laughs> um, but I, I can't preach the whole having the conversations that you guys are having and not include you in the conversation. If you're taking the time out of your day to send a message to us and interact with us, well, I want you to be a part of it and hear it and engage. So, yeah, if you send a message that's not being flippant, I'll read it. And sometimes I'll have to edit it some, but that's okay.
1: I like the idea of cracking a beer at 8 a.m. on a Sunday morning, too. (laughs)
0: There was a 19-year-old version of me that would do that. I couldn't even do that. Like, the last Saints game I went to, like, we did this show live, remember? I was in an Airbnb in the Garden District. That's right. And I went back and listened to the show, and you hear all the guys with cracking beers by, (laughs) you hear the the tabs popping in the background (laughs) while I'm doing this show on a Sunday morning. I'm sure the people loved
1: that. Could have called in last Saturday and done the same thing.
0: Yeah, you should have.
1: (laughs) There was a giant painting of drew Brees in our airbnb nice so i felt like that was the show looking where was it it was we were about 10 minutes walking distance from everything that we needed to be close to so we were were you downtown were you Hmm. in the quarter yes we were in the french quarter okay so it's a cool house you know very classic new orleans look to it yeah Had a huge creepy picture of David Bowie over the bed that I was sleeping in. That was weird. But uh, all around a solid time. But yeah, I was, uh, I could have called in last Sunday. I wasn't feeling too bad Sunday morning. Saturday was
0: worse. Yeah. Well, they've, uh, there's a service now they have there because I went to a bachelor party in New Orleans years ago. I haven't been to one since I got, since I met my wife in New Orleans. But anyway, uh, a couple of the guys after the Friday night. You know, all the sugar and whatnot from hurricanes and all that. We spent like four hours at Pado's and so that's all we were drinking. Uh, there's a place near Bourbon Street that will give you, uh, they called it a banana bag, basically. It's just, it's, a, it's like an IV filled with nutrients and stuff to eliminate hangovers. You want to talk about a genius business plan? Set up shop in the French Quarter in New Orleans. And give people I, nutrient-filled IVs to help them recover from hangovers.
1: You could charge people hundreds of dollars for that, and they would pay it. Yeah, what an entrepreneur. <laughs> I mean, that's just brilliant right there. And now that you said it out loud, that's your intellectual property. You own it. So
0: let's do it. <laughs> well, so, yeah, I mean, I don't know if the market's in Jackson. You know, people aren't having bachelor parties around no, here. No,
1: we'll go do it in New Orleans. We'll just make the weekend
0: drive back yeah. and forth. We're in the wrong business, man. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Game three between Ole Miss and Vanderbilt coming up at 2 o'clock. Mississippi State's already done for the weekend. Southern Miss has a couple of wins on the weekend. Going for one more. Until next Sunday, y'all have a good one. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.